Hey everybody, this is Cameron Brower, and my alien life starts in... Hey everybody, welcome to Monday Night. I'm Cameron Brower and this is My Alien Life. The website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com on the radio dial, which is now secure and you can view everything. Follow the link to my Facebook profile and please like and share something with our friends out there. You can also find me on Twitter, iTunes, Google Play, and just about everywhere. And thank you for finding me. Shouting out to my new listeners. Um, Thank you for listening in Sweden, Malaysia, Ontario, Canada, Montana, New York, Utah, and the UK. I hope you are as amazed by me as I am amazed by you. Stumbled upon an article today I was reading on the internet, um, written in Psychology Today 2012. It was called Five Traits That could get you abducted by aliens. Of course, I thought, yeah, here we go. I'll be all five. So I started to read this. And briefly, it's about the many, many people worldwide who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens or taken against their will to an alien spacecraft or enclosed place, questioned or physically examined. And they remember these experiences either consciously or through the methods such as hypnosis. Um, Professor Rich McNally and his colleagues at Harvard, this is a Harvard study, have spent over 10 years researching the psychology of alien abductees, and in particular, why it is that some people embrace the identity of alien abductee. I haven't really met anybody yet who has embraced themselves as or others as an alien abductee. It's not easy. Um His research has isolated a number of traits possessed by alien abductees, each which argues and contributes to the experience they call, or they recall rather, when being abducted, and to the desire to cling on to their belief that aliens were responsible for the abduction experiences. Um, So what are they? Um, One through five, their number one is they're regularly experiencing sleep paralysis and hallucinations when awakening. Many people who have reported alien abductions suffer episodes of early morning sleep paralysis. On awakening from their paralysis, their terror gives rise to hallucinations of flashing lights and buzzing sounds. Um, Yeah, some experience feelings of floating around the room or seeing figures in the room. While many people interpret these post-sleep paralysis experiences as dreaming, some people interpret these experiences as seeing figures or ghosts or aliens. All right, number two. This is the number two trait that uh, could get you abducted by an alien, according to Harvard research. Um, Number two is the tendency to recall false memories. In an elegant set of experimental studies, McNally and colleagues found that individuals who claimed to have been abducted by aliens were prone to what is known as false memory syndrome. That is, alien abductees regularly claim to recall words, items, sentences, etc., and memory tests that they had actually seen before. If this false memory effect can be generalized to autobiographical memories, 
then individuals who claim to have been abducted by aliens would be twice as likely to falsely remember things that had never happened to them than would non-abductees. And number three, high levels of absorption. Alien abductees also score significantly higher than most people on the mental characteristic known as absorption. This is the trait related to fantasy proneness, vivid imagery, and susceptibility to hypnosis and suggestion. Because of this, it is probably not surprising that many alien abductees recall their experiences under hypnosis, where memories of abduction can be induced through suggestibility, especially if the person leading the hypnosis session asks particularly leading questions about abduction. Number four, new age beliefs. Being whisked up into space, ships by tractor beams or light sources is not something that happens every day, nor is it something that is easily explained without our existing knowledge of physics. Yeah. Similarly, being subjected to imaginative medical procedures requires a tendency to accept unusual and non-mainstream ideas. This is also a trait possessed by alien abductees. They score highly on measures of magical um, ideation and endorse New Age ideas that encompass beliefs about alternative medicines and healing astrology and fortune-telling. Such beliefs would certainly allow the individual to accept things happening to them that they would be dismissed by existing scientific community. And number five, a familiarity with the culture of narrative of alien abduction as a cultural phenomenon, alien abduction was entered folklore in the images and description of aliens in their spacecraft and have become familiar with many people. Um, alien abductees tend to be very familiar with this culture narrative, which is one possible reason why their descriptions of aliens and their spaceships are so similar. Being fueled as they are by sci-fi films and numerous books about aliens and alien, alien abduction. Professor McNally points out that in, in, in a very readable review of his studies on alien abduction, it is unclear whether these characteristics are necessarily ingredients in the recipe for alien, alien abduction or whether they are more necessarily than others. Um, other researchers have also identified further traits that appear to be characteristic of alien abductees, such as paranoid thinking and weak sexual identity. Wow. Um, there is still much more research to do to fully understand the motivations and the thinking patterns of individuals who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens. But as McNally shrewdly points out, these people are not anxious nor depressed, so says McNally. But there are not, they are not psychotic, and they do not appear to have any obvious mental health problems. Alien abduction experiences often deepen spiritual awareness and give shape to the identities of the abductees and provide a basis for their beliefs about the world and the universe. Whether the experiences of abduction were real or not, the experiences and interpretations adopted by alien abductees are often psychological helpful and can be um, spiritual comforting. One final note of caution all of these studies of alien abductees were carried out after they had their abduction experiences, so it's difficult to know whether these five traits are consequences of the experience or were, as McNally suggests, factors that led individuals to interpret rather earthly experiences such as sleep paralysis and hallucinations as evidence of abduction. And then perhaps 
fantastically, can we genuinely rule out the possibility that such traits are implanted in their victims by aliens in invasive medical procedures carried out by alien spaceships? According to McNally, his skeptical scientific mind says probably not, but who knows. So why is that important? It's not because it does nothing to keep humans from experiencing experiencing these alien contacts and abductions. Thousands or millions of people have experienced this, and we can argue with the skeptics and their theories. The skeptics have all the answers only because they have no physical evidence. And that's what I want to know. Where's all the physical evidence? During my experiences and prior to, I had never watched or listened to any alien abduction stories. I didn't know of any. I don't remember watching any movies or TV shows back then when I was a kid. Um, Do I have any physical evidence? I have been with these beings several times, and what proof do I have of their presence? Well... I don't know, but I have me. I guess I'm the only evidence. My physical body is my evidence. My scars are symptoms are physical evidence. No scars literally, but there are plenty of symptoms which I guess are battle scars or scars of experience, possibly emotional scars. In my experience, there has been so many health problems that I've gotten used to and am getting used to illnesses and I cope with them and each symptom is evidence of its own and the ability of of someone to have an immunity to the mental effects caused by all these symptoms of a physical disease is evidence. Um, Talking about symptoms, going back to the age of five, I used to have nosebleeds. These continued for three or four years until a doctor prescribed me with vitamin K. I remember taking that as a little kid. Now, you may say I was deficient, and that's probably true, but why did I suddenly become vitamin K deficient and develop extremely bad hay fever and sleeping problems and skin problems and night sweats and terrors at the age of five or a little later than that? All this after my tonsillectomy that was traumatic that left me with a double memory, one memory that definitely had some sort of alien presence. And you can listen to that in my tonsillectomy podcast that uh, I produced a couple of weeks ago. Um, So symptoms age 5 to 12. Again, I had nosebleeds, hay fever, night sweats, anxiety, sleeping problems, and uh, skin problems. And I had never had those before, but they only happened after that experience during my tonsillectomy when I was about five years old. Then there's something I really don't think anyone would expect. When you look back at the podcast where I talk about seeing a a being in my bedroom and I looked behind me at the clock, I told you what time it was, but I never told you that I knew that it was that time without looking. I knew what time it was, and I felt that slap on my forehead. I woke up and I looked back at my clock, and then look forward to see this life form standing in front of me. And from that point forward, I knew what time it was without looking at a clock most of the time. Um, Of course, this was verified many times by me. I'd also play this game with my wife at times. She would ask me the time, and I would usually, you know, answer her with the correct time. I wasn't 100% accurate. I would estimate that I was something around 85% accurate to the very minute, which is a pretty good average. But uh, if I didn't exact or guess the exact time, it was always within a minute. We had no idea 
how or where I acquired this, but yes, I'd play that game with my kids too over the years. And I tried to use this sometimes on tests when I was a kid, especially at math. I would just try to clear my mind and try to ascertain the answer to a mathematics question when I was in grade school or high school, and it did not work in that practical occasion when it did me the most good. But yeah, that was a symptom of experience, a battle scar of sorts, evidence that something happened to me. And then the age, between the ages of 13 and 15, I had a lot of anxiety, um, even even coming from a nice, happy home, I had lots of anxiety. Um, I also woke up many times when I was a kid feeling like I'd been beaten up, all sweaty and sore. Around the age of 16, in the next four or five years or so, I would experience um, different things. One night I was working at the radio station, I was driving home, and I had a, a gap in time experience. And I literally skipped about 10 miles of the ride home. I had exited the highway and was two miles down a secondary road before I came to. Now I say came to for a lack of a better phrase, but um, it was a portion of the trip that would have taken less than 15 minutes, but I got home at about 3 a.m. And this was almost three hours of missing time. I realized on the road I had gone somewhere for a while, but it wasn't until I actually got home that I realized it had been so long and I was exhausted by the time I got home. So I brushed my teeth, then I went to bed, and um, yeah, I was in my own bedroom or or the place I was terrified to sleep, but that night I didn't care. I was just too tired to be afraid, and I literally laid down for less than 15 minutes, and I felt this blanket of fear cover my body as I laid there, and I felt like I was sinking into my bed, and then I just couldn't breathe. Um, I made it upstairs to my parents' room and scared them half to death. I spent the rest of the night in my bed with my mom sitting beside me, rubbing my legs and arms and anything that she could do to get me to relax and make whatever happened to me kind of go away so I could sleep. They took me to the hospital before noon that morning, and um, the hospital admitted me and set me up with a Holter monitor device that was a that was constantly performing EKGs on me, and I spent two nights at the hospital where they monitored me and they monitored me and they found nothing unusual. And uh, that night, it seemed, was a responsible for a myriad of problems and health problems. Um, anxiety and depression were the worst, asthma, food allergies, heart palpitations, um, acne seemed to start, lower back problems, teeth grinding, I even broke a couple teeth. Shoulder aches, I had migraine headaches, panic attacks, um, bad feet, (laughs) itchy skin, um, digestive issues, but I I still looked good though um, at that age. I I wasn't showing worse for wear, but the list goes on and uh, these are the ones I feel comfortable talking about. It all started that one night after a gap of time that I couldn't account for. You know, part of my life went missing and and there was a lot of that. That's something that I'll never get back, those lifetime moments. So despite these issues, I pressed on. And again, I worked hard to avoid what was happening to me. I ran from all these experiences and symptoms. And that worked for me for a while. Um, I stayed in shape. I ate normally even when I felt sick from food 90% of the time. I just lowered my head, plowed through the pain and discomfort, 
I still have a large pain threshold today. I knew I had this problem and doctors weren't going to cure me. So I built walls around these symptoms as it was a separate, as if it was a separate life. And I kept myself busy. I was always busy. Um, during college, uh, my college years, I felt healthier. I worked full time, went to school full time, and I worked out and exercised a lot. Um, never slept, but I did all that. And that worked for me for five years or so. College was a great time. I think most people that time in their life during the college years, you're probably in the best shape of your life genetically and you feel better and you do better than most other times in your life. It's really that point when um, you have that feeling of freedom after living at home for so long and you still have that feeling of, of freedom which is enhanced by the thought that yeah, you're going to have to go out in the real world one day and and uh, get a job. And and so college was a good time. Um, had very little anxiety. Um, no visits at night by by uh, gray guys in the middle of the night, um, <laughs> unless I went home for a weekend. And uh, yeah, didn't do that much. But some of the symptoms went away, and I could usually eat at McDonald's during college without getting sick, but only a couple times a year. And those of you who feel the same way, but eat there anyway, you're gluttons for punishment. Then I had growing pains that everyone has. I wouldn't call them symptoms or evidence of alien abduction, but there were gaps in time and there were incidents that I really don't want to remember. And I kept building the walls, but interesting enough, about five years ago, I had several new experiences, and I'm not going to talk about those tonight, but I will talk about those um, experiences in, in future podcasts. But right now, I want to talk about the result of those experiences, my symptoms or my evidence. And I really don't think this would hold up in a court of law, nor do I think anyone will find any significance of it but us who have gone through these experiences. But we're not everyone, and I truly believe that we're special. So um, we will find this significant and that's what's important. So I woke up one morning and I looked at the clock and this was about five years ago and I remember it was after 9 a.m. and I really don't remember the time specifically. I just remember it was after 9 a.m. And first I was surprised I woke up so late and a short time later I realized I had no idea what time it was when I woke up and I still don't. I've looked at every clock in my life and I try to guess the time for a long, long time. And I was right on. I mean, most of the time I could um, guess the time. Well, as of about five years ago, I tried to guess the time and I wasn't even close. I'm still not. Um, no matter how many times I try, not even close. Yet, sometimes I guess, you know, within five or ten minutes. But for me, that's not close. Um, I think anybody could do that, but um, I've even been off an hour or so. And that's another thing I can't explain, just another symptom or a bit of evidence that no one really understands. So the evidence is right there in front of us and for all of us to see that we have to open our eyes. I think there's aliens all around us. And um, we need to open our eyes and look at the symptoms. And we need to look at the evidence. Again, the website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com on the radio dial. 
Follow the link to my Facebook profile and please like and share something with our friends out there. And you can also find me on Twitter. I'm on iTunes, Google Play, and just about everywhere. Again, thanks everybody for listening, especially my new listeners in Sweden and Malaysia, Ontario, Canada, New York, and Utah. Thanks for being with me. I'm Cameron Brower, and this is My Alien Life. Thank you.